Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 13 unlucky 13 of the tinderbox we are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline the calgary flames website for sb nation we are doing a rare sunday podcast everything kind of got thrown out of whack because something happened with the flames on friday i am mark i'm joined by maddie gordy will probably maybe be joining us in progress or progress as we were just discussing we'll see how it goes good afternoon maddie how are you doing just great how are you i'm fabulous i'm totally enjoying this lovely wonderful winter weather that's coming my way i hate winter so much yeah suddenly december and it really is winter full force it was was like hey you put your christmas tree up by the way here's a foot of snow fabulous this is horrible continuity yes exactly if it's coming it's all gonna go in one shot so the Flames last night, a 3-1 victory over the Ottawa Senators. And don't look now, but the once six-game losing streak sad sack Calgary Flames are now 3-0-1 in their last four games. Are the Flames turning it on here? As like, Are we actually seeing the team we thought we were supposed to see all season? I think we might be. I, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, the Philly game really felt like the turning point for me where specifically the Lindholm goal where we got that wacky bounce off the end board straight to his stick for the the game tying goal and it's a crazy bounce and it's like it sucks for the Flyers they were not super happy about that one but that's the kind of bounce that they needed to be getting and that's what happens when you've been getting just zero bounces through a certain stretch like you get the craziest possible one and it all starts to sort of snowball in your favor so it was good to see them finally get one of those yeah they haven't had as like as Derek wills always says during the flames broadcast they don't have a lot of puck luck um and that has to happen with calgary they've been struggling and you know philly they get the win in the shootout they even looked decent losing in overtime to the to the penguins uh, you know, so that one I didn't mind so much. Buffalo, they had the OT win in Ottawa, three to one last night. Lindholm had two goals. Goudreau and Monahan each had an assist. So it's like, hey, the the top line lives. They're actually alive, and they're they're out there playing and doing hockeying things. So, um, yeah, you know, I think the the you know going three zero and one after an zero and six run, and you're doing a lot of it on the road. You know, you got you know, uh, two of your wins on the road, which is huge. So I think coming back from that road trip with a, a shootout win, an OT loss and an OT win, I think the Flames would have to be excited after starting that trip with the 5-0 shellacking to the uh, St. Louis Blues. Yeah, it's uh, it certainly takes some of the heat off of them. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, I, heard, I just felt it coming and it, it was bad. <laughs> it's all good. We've all done that. Yeah. Suddenly but, we just we don't want to fold the team anymore and move it and just start tanking and all of the things. Nope, no more so. Houston Flames. They stay in yeah. Calgary, they win in the Stanley Cup. Everything's <laughs> right now. The ship is righted. Yeah. So well, if you want to go from we're talking about things that are like hot, like the hot seat, which Bill Peters had been on for the past hey. week. Yay now. Um 
So Calgary made a rather large move on Friday. Uh, Bill Peters, I'm using air quotes, resigned. I feel like that's more of a, hey, you can quit or you can be fired, your call type deal. Um, so Bill Peters resigns as the Flames coach on Friday, which I don't think was a surprise to anybody. I don't think Bill Peters was going to be the head coach of the Calgary Flames come this weekend one way or another. Uh, agree, disagree? Uh, definitely agree. I think certainly there was probably some legal maneuvering with the contract and I majored in English in college, so I am not qualified to speak on <laughs> what possibly could have been going on there. But um, just with all just all of the, the allegations coming out against him, there there was no way they could keep him at that point. No, and I, I mean, you even saw like how the Flames are getting hammered for even just looking into it, and not firing right away. I mean, which mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, there's corroborating evidence through the whole thing. Um, you know, people heard the locker room talk. Um, you know, then uh, Rob Brindamore came out and confirmed the punching of a player and you know, on the bench, which is never good. I don't care if it's professional sports. I don't care if it's two grown men. As the leader of an organization, you can't be punching your players. I just to, to me, that's just wrong on a million different levels. And even if it is in the past, I think Calgary, I, they did the right thing. Um, they had to move on from Peters and remove themselves from the situation. Um, and whether it was 10 years ago or 10 days ago, to me, I don't it doesn't matter to me. I, Peters messed up big time and he had to pay the price. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty reprehensible, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and there was a lot of uh, the Twitter, you know, Twitter can be fun. And Twitter can also be a cesspool of humanity at times. And so we were finding out going through, <laughs> there were a lot of people not happy with the flames for getting rid of Peters. And the argument seemed to be, well, it was 10 years ago. And um, to me, I don't think that really matters. You know, you know, you know, once you're a jerk, you know, leopard doesn't always change its spots. Yeah, that's I, I think putting it delicately. And <laughs> Trying to I'm not gonna say anything else about that because I don't yeah. have anything nice to say. No, fair enough. I agree. I think Calgary did the right thing. So Bill Peters is gone. And uh, you know, Jeff Ward comes in and gets his first win with the Flames as interim coach when Peters did not travel with the team to Buffalo. And then his first game, like official, official game as interim coach, he gets another win. So, you know, sometimes these things when you shake things up uh on the bench at any sport at any level, teams start to play a little harder for the new guy that they're playing for to, you know, try to impress him and maybe build some momentum. And, you know, I mentioned, I, I don't know if we all were in this chat. It was just Michael. And I said, you know, do you think maybe the flame struggling play was, you know, bits and pieces were coming into the locker room about what was happening. And maybe they just weren't enjoying playing for Peters. You know, maybe that was part of the struggle. Definitely could be. I mean, Lynn Holman, Hannafin and Ryan all came from Carolina. They I'm sure knew some stuff about what was going on there and yeah it's it's nothing's ever happening in a vacuum so yeah exactly but jeff ward's in he's got two wins under his belt so that's a good start you know so um we can move on from that chapter the flames have a new coach for now and we'll see where it goes from here yeah. now we were just talking and you brought this up before we hopped on air was um the flames now have a little momentum going and now it comes to a screeching halt because they have four days off. They don't play again until Thursday night. Um, is that, do you think that's good or bad for Calgary at this point? Immediately, it feels pretty bad. I mean, it, it never helps to, when you're finally building up some momentum to just have that cut off. Um, hopefully they can find a way to pick that back up again once they're actually playing. But 
I think the thing that concerns me a little bit more is they're all they had already been falling down in the standings a little bit and nobody else is gonna stop playing so mm-hmm. uh I'm a little bit worried there's a lot of obviously a lot of hockey to be played yet uh but you never want to see them not losing out on standings points mm-hmm. but the teams ahead of them you know working to create some separation there exactly like vancouver's got edmonton tonight i mean calgary's still a good they're five points behind edmonton who's at the top of the pacific but they're in a dogfight right now with vegas vancouver and even san jose they're only a point ahead of the flames and all those teams have games coming up so i can see how that would you know maybe register as a problem because the team's finally gaining some momentum and then they have to stop i remember the extended break from last year where they, i think they won like nine of ten they were rolling they were playing great hockey and then they came out of that break and right in the toilet you know and then they had to they had to flip it around and it's like they i think part of this could be okay for them because i think it gives them a chance to like actually get together and sit and meet as a team and talk um there's been so much upheaval and chaos with this team over the last two weeks from the losing streak to all the information coming out about bill peters and they've had to play through it and in a remarkably you know three was it three win three oh and one not bad for all that was going on so maybe this is a time where they can all get together you know do a little bit of soul searching and figure some things out from that end i think the break might be good for them to give them a little bit of time to just get to know each other and you know be like hey all right so we're all this is completely different now past is in the past let's move on but from a hockey playing standpoint you've got momentum now you're actually scoring some goals you know you're putting the puck in the net and things are going well for you and all of a sudden you've got to sit back and wait four days to play yeah that's a good point it's i definitely don't think gonna hurt them as people to to have a couple of days just finally decompress a little bit yeah, because you think about it, they're traveling, they're on the road, they're at practice, they don't really have a ton of time to sit down and go, whoa, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you know, like, you know, they haven't had a lot of time to recover from the losing streak. They haven't. So maybe this four days off will be a little soul searching, a little time to just relax. And, you know, maybe some, you know, a couple of days off will be good for guys like Monahan and Gaudreau, who have had a really hard time doing a lot of anything lately it's not gonna be good for the lion dube lucci trying though because that line because that thing is rolling and yeah bringing it. so so they might not need the break but i think you know the rest of the flames get in david riddick he's earned four days off because yeah. i can't tell i think the last time cam talbot <laughs> played was um october 12th it feels like you know like the third game of the seasons and talbot's been in there and um i think riddick could definitely use some time off yeah, don't even make him practice. Just let him stay home, yeah. watch the movies, whatever. But he strikes me as the guy who'd be like wanting to be at practice. He'd be like Billy Madison in the yeah. or Happy Gilmore in the batting cage, you know, <laughs> taking softballs <laughs> off the stomach just because he's a lunatic. So, <laughs> all right. So we've uh, we you know we've had a little chat about the Flames and uh, Senators from the other night and how Calgary's seems like they're turning this season around we hammered out the bill peters situation moved on from that quickly and i think we both agree that the long break could be bad but also could be good so i guess it's a push uh, it'll just be whatever for the calgary flames we're going to take a quick break we come back we're going to talk about what's going to happen when some of these key flames players return to the lineup from injury we'll be back on the tinderbox after this you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Oh, that is a long intro. There are a lot <laughs> of things to cram in there. I am Mark. I am joined by Maddie on this lovely Sunday afternoon. So, Sam Bennett's due to come back at some point, right? And Austin Zarnick, um, he's been skating with the team. Travis Hamanick, they've put, Calgary's got some injured players, but there are some guys due to come back soon. Um, you know, Who's who's the odd man out when some of these guys come in? I mean, Dubay's been playing really well. Like, you know, how do you dump him? I just feel like it's going to be. I don't know. I'll give you if you want your thoughts, go for it. But I feel like Tobias Reeder and Zach Ronaldo aren't going to see the ice much anymore once these guys come back. And probably shouldn't see the ice much more either. But you know, who am I to judge? Yeah, absolutely not. And I think Dubay is going to be the interesting case because he's worked really well to or done really well to work himself into what should be a pretty permanent roster spot but he does have the he's waiver exempt so they can send him down cap the cap issues are going to come into play again once yeah. they've got to activate some guys so it's uh it's going to be tricky i mean i i'd have a hard time moving him down i just just the way he's played he's done very well since he's come up and he's really solidified that third line which still like to this day is still the kind of the flame's best line, which I think we always say is scary. And it is, that's life, yeah. you know, but I, you know, I think he's really done well with that line. I mean, honestly, for me, I think guys that you could like interchange and switch out and, you know, you know, a couple nights in the box, one heard him, a guy like Mark Jankowski, um, same thing with Michael Forleek, you know, you could send some of those guys, you know, to the box and then to the press box to watch. But I mean, Reader and Ronaldo, I can't imagine, you know, once Sam Bennett's ready to come back, not that Bennett was lighting the world on fire before he got hurt, but it's, you know, you know, Reader and Ronaldo are fine for what they are. You know, they're, they're, they're bit players, bit pieces, you know, role guys, but um, I, I'm with you. I, it'll be interesting to see, what happens with Dylan Dubé because he's played so hard and done such a great job. Um, you know, on the defensive end with Hamannick out, I would, mm, I think you're going to roll between, you know, Shillington and um, Stone probably will be the two guys that kind of bounce around in there. The Flames have shown that they don't have an issue sending Shillington back to Stockton or scratching him in. Michael Stone is making a ton of money, so I don't think he cares how much hockey he's playing <laughs> at this point because, you know, he's one of those guys where it's Stone winds up, shoots, ooh, misses wide. Yeah, I know. It, every shot he takes misses wide, you know. So uh, I think on the defensive end, once Hamannick's ready to come back, it'll probably be those two guys. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It's sort of a shame. I would like to see Shillington getting more regular playing time because – I've liked what I've seen from him so far. Um, Agree. And it's important for a young player's development to actually be getting reps. Um, and he's shown that he's just too good to be in the AHL at this point. So it's they're in a tough spot with just the numbers game, but they really yeah, need to be getting him in. I, I 100% agree because eventually he's going to be one of the guys who's a mainstay when guys retire or people get traded, whatever happens. Because, I mean, you're not going to move Anderson <laughs> at all. Uh, Brody's not going to go anywhere. Giordano's not going anywhere and Hannafin's not going anywhere. Um, so, you know, now you're kind of in one of those 
you know, you're in one of those weird spots where, you know, who do we dump? Who do we move? But I think you could probably put Hamannick, uh So I'm looking at the one, two, four. You could probably put Hamannick back in the lineup and still keep Shillington and Stone to be the odd man out. If if I were to guess, if I were coaching the Flames, and not, not so. What do yeah, I know? That's optimal. Yeah, and and again, you know, Stone, it's a one-year deal type with him, and Chillington, I think, is a guy you want to develop. You you take the hits if there's some, you know, some gaps in his game and some slip-ups or whatever. But I think you, you you take those hits right now just to develop a player that should be here for a long time. Yeah, he, there's no way he's going to work through all the the hiccups, and if you know, if he's not no. playing, no, you can't dominate in a, uh, you know, it's like. It's like going down for a, you know, it's, you go, go to the minors. You can work on your game if you got some things to tweak. But I agree with you. I think he's too good to be down there. Uh, it's not really going to work well for him if he has to spend a lot of time there. So going back to the break, Calgary does not play again until Thursday night. They're at home against Buffalo. Then they have Buffalo, L.A., Colorado, Arizona, Toronto, and Carolina. Um, pretty tough six-game stretch. I mean, outside of the Kings. <clears throat> And, you know, and Toronto's playing a little bit better lately, but, you know, Buffalo's still a tough out. Uh, Colorado's very tough. The Coyotes, you know, used to be like the laughingstock of the Pacific, and now they're actually playing well. And Carolina's a good team, so Calgary's going to get some time off, but, you know, right back into the fire, no pun intended, uh, right when they come back from the break. So it's not like the schedule makers are making life easy so far for the Flames. No. No, and I mean, you look at them too. We were talking beforehand. Calgary's played 29 games. And they're the only, the only other team that's played 29 games so far in the league has been Detroit and um, vastly different uh, success rate between the Flames at 13, 12, and four and the Red Wings at seven, 19, and three. So, I mean, the schedule's been rough for them, but they, I think, you know, I mean, outside of that little six game hiccup, which is a little more than little, they, I think they've handled it fairly well. And it's not like they've had five games against the Kings, uh, you know, they're two right with the Red Wings out of the gate and they're not playing garbage teams. They've had a tough schedule so far and it's not going to get much easier coming back. Yeah. And I think the uh, sort of the tough thing is I don't have a great sense of how this is going to go for them because maybe they're turning a corner. Maybe they regress back a little bit. It's been a couple of games of them playing better, but we still don't really know where the team's at at this point. So I think some of those are definitely some winnable games. Uh, even the, like, on paper, tougher ones, they could make some noise. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, no, I agree, too. I think if you look at that stretch of six games, if they came out of that uh, three and three, you know, after everything that's gone down with them and how, you know, how uh, they've had, you know, four days off and a new coach and, you know, They've been struggling and there's been a ton of drama. I think if you roll through that schedule and they went, you know, you got to beat L.A. That That's a must, I think. Um, I would probably say the same with Toronto. And then, you know, pick one of those other teams. They could probably beat Buffalo again. And then maybe they go 3-2-1, and one, something to that effect. I, I think you could consider that a success. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. That's what it's become. That's what the season has become. There's no more expectation. 500 or a little over is great. We'll take it. No big <laughs> deal. So, all right. I think that wraps that up. Anything else you want to add here on uh, – this lovely Sunday podcast. Just nothing. No, <laughs> nothing. I'm just sad. Michael didn't come on. Cause my horrible, horrible Miami dolphins beat his even more horrible or Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry. They have a better record, but you can't lose to a garbage team like the dolphins. 
can't come yeah, on this podcast. Rough. Indian, you can't come on here and have me not make fun of you. So, Michael, I'm making fun <laughs> of you, even though you're not here. So enjoy your family dinner. I know you're just crying because the Eagles lost to the Dolphins. <laughs> so, And on that note. No, that's it. We will wrap up episode 13 of the Tinderbox, the Beyond the Podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. If you like this podcast, if you love this podcast, even if you don't like or love this podcast, find us and download us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio and the Google Podcast Store. There's a lot of things we have to mention. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. You as well.